If God says that we are hidden in him, it's our job to constantly seek him to find out who we are. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. Right what he has prepared, so we must seek him to find out who we truly are. Hey love, welcome to Her Promise Circle podcast, a safe space to come as you are to receive the word you need to help you continue on your journey to healing, growth, and walking confidently into God's purpose for your life. It's full of all the things that you'll need to live boldly as the woman God created you to be. I'm your host and founder of Her Promise Circle, Mikkel. Get connected, let us support you where you are right now and where you're going. So, this week we are talking about being hidden in Christ. And what does that mean exactly, Mickey? Like, why are we talking about this? Well, think about it. Before you actually knew God, and I'm talking about experienced him for yourself, life is sort of chaotic. Like you're kind of moving out of carnality, right? You're not moving from the Holy Spirit or your spirit. You're moving from your flesh and your own desires and what you've been taught and the lies the enemy has implanted in you and how you're moving with other people or how you're interacting with other people through your trauma. So we have addictions, we have toxic relationships we stay in, we think that we aren't good enough, we don't know how to find love, and therefore we try to find it in idols. You know, in the Bible it's called idolatry, right? We try to find love in the wrong places, right? We try to find all the things God is trying to give us in the wrong places. Until you realize and have surrendered to the fact that you are God's child right he created you he loves you until you experience God and have the fear of God as we talked about in previous episodes until you realize who God is to you you kind of make decisions based on you you make decisions based on your own pride of life and what you lust for what you desire and how you think you can get it and so your template for living life is coming from again trauma lies from the enemy generational beliefs or curses per se or how your flesh perceives what it wants so you're literally getting in relationships that's why when you grow in christ you're like what was i thinking <clears throat> why was i with that person why was i with them because as you grow as you spiritually mature you see that you chose that person because of how they looked what they had how much money they had if they had a home if they had a car because you know that was cool when we was young right like you chose that person because everybody wanted them and so you wanted to say you had them or you just chose this person and your idea of love was based on your previous experience up to that point so yes our parents love us they do the best they can all that good stuff however when it comes to romantic love if you are like me, who grew up not in a two-parent household, who never really seen healthy relationships, see that if you don't really have an example and you don't have a relationship with Christ, then how do you know what love is? So love gets painted as what you see in movies, which is the overexerted idea that men are bringing you flowers. And then, you know, we grew up on Disney. Like, girl, we have these exaggerated, unrealistic ideas of displays of love and love is not a feeling it is a constant it is faithful it is long-suffering it's not glamorous all the time and unless you come to know god 
your idea of love becomes what you love. And so pride separates us from finding ourselves in God. Because unless you have the fear of the Lord, which is to know that he is all-knowing, sovereign, he is the great I am, unless you have the fear of the Lord, you think you're right. You're choosing people based off what you think you need, you think you know where you should go, what job you should have, you think you know what you're good at, what you're bad at, because we know (laughs) if you've been following Christ for any amount of time, that God always gives you a purpose that you will need him to perform. For example, Moses. Moses literally like, pick somebody else. It ain't me. Okay, I can't even talk. And you want me to go and do the ultimate talk. Like, what are we saying here? And that's why God will always keep you humble by giving you something to do that is big and impactful for his people. But you will need him and you won't be secure in your own strength to do it because we know in our weaknesses, Christ is made strong. So if God can't display himself to other people through you, then you are reliant on only yourself. And so then it glorifies you and not him. And so because of this concept of being hidden in Christ in Colossians, we know that God intended us to always be seeking him. So it's good that you don't know, right? If you're in a season where you're like, God, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? What am I supposed to be in prayer? Draw closer to him so he can answer you. God is not keeping us in this mystery to harm us or to hurt us. He just wants a close relationship with us. And some seasons he wants to give you direct instruction. And to do that, sometimes he has to get silent, okay? Because otherwise you're going to be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You know, you get prideful and then you're on your own and then you forget about him until trouble comes up, right? So sometimes in some seasons, this is a side note, God gets silent because he wants to draw you closer. He wants you to seek him. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you so much. And like, as you begin to know this, it doesn't seem like, wow, God is mean. It seems like, oh, God loves me, bro. Like, and he just, you know, he drawn me closer to him in this season. Like you start to see things differently as you get to know God. So who you are is hidden in Christ, right? Including what fulfills you, what makes you happy, the type of people you should be around, the purpose that he has intended for your life. You're seeking his will for your life because we know he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a future and hope, not to harm you, to prosper you. He tells us that he has plans for us. So he already has our lives prepared, things stored up for the righteous, right? He says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man because we don't know. We have to seek him to find who we are, which is hidden in him, right? Nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has stored up for his people, those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Peace is found in staying focused on what you know about God. Such a peace is found in knowing and meditating and building your life around what he says, in focusing on who he is to you, in that type of love he has for us, because most of us have never experienced an unconditional love, especially not to the capacity that God has for it for us. And it's like we know the verses, but like, do you actually believe what he says? Do you actually trust that he's the source of who you are? Do you believe it like you believe 
you know, you jump off a cliff, you're going to fall because gravity is real. <laughs> like, do you believe it? Like, if I sit on this chair, it's not going to fall apart because I have faith in it. Do you believe it to the point that it's affecting your life, that you're constantly seeking his will and constantly seeking not only his will and like, what do I do? What do I do? But a relationship with him. Some days I just want to sit and let God hold me, bro. Rock me and love me. Like some days you just want to sit in his presence and just feel his love, feel his mercy, his grace, his goodness, and think about it and just talk to him. Once you have a relationship with him like that, all this other stuff falls into place. So focusing on the practice, like, oh, I need to seek God, I need to seek God. What's really, what do you really value? Do you value the relationship with him or do you value what he can do for you? And that's literally what Colossians 3 is about. This week in Bible study for my girlies in my Bible study, this is what we're going to start with this week in Bible study is Colossians 3. And I told y'all this last week. But anyway, Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually <laughs> in practice on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth, which have only temporal value, for you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now I got a question for you. Does your behavior reflect the fact that you know your life is hidden in him? Are you seeking him? Do you want to really truly experience a real relationship with him? Or are you putting things together on your own and hoping for the best? And then when good things happen, you're like, thanks, God. Or do you really want him involved in your life? Will God be the template for what you need because you trust that he is sovereign and that he knows? That's the thing. The world fills us up with all these things. And then it's like we spend our adulthood unlearning all these things. It's hard enough to do that without God. <laughs> Okay, so then once you find out God is who he is and you have this fear of him, you're like, oh, goodness, I got it all wrong. Like, Lord, what should I value? What should I be thinking of? Because otherwise, this is why we get stuck in the comparison trap, ladies. Because what we see on Instagram, what we see around us, what we see our friends doing, we compare ourselves to what they have because these are earthly things. These are what we find our value in, how pretty we are, if we have a man or not, if we have children or not. Because people have placed value on the wrong things. Yes, all these things are great. And God says if we seek him first, all these things will be added unto us, right? However, we place value in temporal things, as Colossians 3 says. Temporal earthly things. So if your mood is predicated on how much money you have, if you're married or not, if you have friends or not, if you have a job or not, if your value system is predicated on things that are ever-changing. So even if you have a man today, you could get divorced tomorrow. Even if you have, God forbid, you know, someone that you value so highly, they could be gone tomorrow. If we're, if we're keeping our value system based on earthly things, of course we're always up and down. Of course we're anxious. Of course we're fearful of losing these things. Of course we have idolatry in these things because we're, our mood, our livelihood, our happiness is dependent on things that are constantly changing. And so in order to find a constant peace, what must be what you value? And that is him, 
who is unchanging and faithful and true and just. And, and he is just consistent beyond all. He's always been, he is, I am, that he is, right? I am that I am. That's who he is. He's constant and faithful and good. And that's where peace is found. When you know that only thing in your life that never changes, because I don't care how much you love somebody, they're going to change up on you here and there. They're going to make you upset. You're going to be mad at them. People, things, you're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your job, whatever. These things are always changing. And that's because you focus on temporal valued things. When he says, focus on the things above, focus on the things that he says. He tells Joshua, meditate on my word day and night and your way will be prosperous. Like he, he tells us these things, but it's like we read it and we see it and we know the verse. Apply it. In Philippians 4, it says, practice what we learn from him. Do you believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? So you say the verse, you did a devotional this morning. That was your word of the day. You go in the mirror, and what are you saying to yourself? I'm his workmanship? Or I'm fat, I'm ugly, I, this don't look good to me. Da, 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 da. It's like you know it, you hear it, but do you practice it? Do you live it? This is what creates our awe or our fear of him, is realizing his greatness, his mightiness, his goodness. For God so loved the world. How vast and how great when God feels things, how big he is, that he has been here since the beginning, you know, awe. And that this God wants a relationship with you and loves you and has things for you and has a plan for your life and has put things in you in order to do great things on this earth. This is where the awe comes from. And when I just sit in his presence, those are the things I meditate on and I can feel him immediately. Up to the point where I'm like, Lord, if you're not there, I don't even want it. Because if you're not in this relationship, what's it going to do for me? What, I'm going to love him because he's cute? Okay, and that's not going to last for 50 years. Like, I need you in it. Because then you could teach that man how to love me in ways I never knew how to be loved, okay? The joy comes from the steadiness of what you've placed your source or values in. Joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Because if you place your value on things above what he tells you to think of, who he says you are, that's where your joy comes from. Because when the world comes in and tells you you're ugly, you're not skinny enough, or you ain't good enough because you ain't married, you know what God says about you. That he don't make no mistakes. That you're beautiful. He loves you. He, he sent his son to die for you. Your truth is founded in what God says. And so that's why joy is your strength. Because you're strong. Because he says what he says is your truth, not what the world says, not what people say. So your life before him was chaos because you're making decisions based on all these things that have nothing to do with him. What people say is valuable. What people say is good. What people say is true or right. What people think. What the enemy has lied to you about. What trauma has told you. That's your template. That's why you made some poor decisions in your past because you didn't have a foundation to set your standard off of. But God set your standard. So now since you can't settle for less, okay? You a whole queen out here. You are making choices in your carnal mind. You want to smoke? You smoke. You want to drink? You drink. You want to have sex? You have sex. You have desires and you fulfilled them for yourself because you know better, right? 
And that's what gave you comfort at the time. But now you have died to that self and now you live in him. But who you are is hidden in him. So now that you are a new creature, you are making decisions and choices and loving yourself and knowing who you are based on what he says. Not your carnal mind, but your spirit. In him, you will find true whole happiness. You find the template who you should be around. You find the template of what your life purpose is. You find the gifts that he's put in you. You find out how to live, how to treat people, how to treat yourself, how to love and how to receive it, how to make decisions, how to maintain personal happiness and peace. Start living like you believe him, like you value what he values. Love how he loves. Love how he loves you and others. Make decisions based on who he says you are, not who you thought you were or have been told who you are. Because we have believed these things for years. Until you find him and he breaks those bondages, those strongholds off you, you believe lies for years. Listen to yourself talk. You must relinquish control. So everything that you worry about, everything that you're afraid of, that shows you what you are in control of because you think it's on your shoulders. Relinquish control. Do you trust that he is who he says he is? That's where it starts. Get intentional about your thoughts because they turn into your beliefs. Be sensitive to his correction of your thoughts because we are to meditate on his word day and night. We have died to who that was that was keeping us bound, right, in lies and we're living and making poor decisions based off the lies we've been told or the trauma we've endured. And then you must be willing to be wrong. You must relinquish your beliefs and thoughts for his, right? So in Isaiah 55, it says, let the wicked leave behind his way and the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. So forsake your way and your thoughts in order to find peace and his joy because to find his peace and his joy must what? Meditate on the things above. So we are to meditate on not just like all right, I'm reading the word, word for word and saying it word for word every day. Yes, meditate on the word day and night, but it must become your value system. It must become your truth. So how do we start focusing on things above? How do we do this, Meg? What's a practical way? Okay, your defense. Let's start with your defense. Your defense comes from what? The verse, cast down vain imaginations, right? Cast down everything that comes against what God says you are. Start being intentional about, about Start being intentional about the way that you think. Pay attention to the thoughts you allow to ruminate in your mind. Cast down each one that does not line up with what you know to be true. What God has told you is true about you. He told you to be anxious for nothing, that he has things prepared for you, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Cast on everything that comes against that, that tells you the opposite. It's a lie. And your offense is... Allowing him to correct your thoughts and giving you the new way of thinking, giving you new friends, giving you new standard for the people you date. Your offense is what he tells Joshua. Speak out loud the word, right? Joshua 1 and 8. Never let it depart from your lips and your way will be prosperous. So three ways. Start your day with his truths. So spend time with him. Spend time with him. Read your word. How are you going to speak the word if you don't know it? Spend time with him. Two, what he tells Joshua, speak it out loud. Meditate on it. If you have to stop a thought out loud, do it. Stop it in its tracks. Speak what God says that's the opposite of what you've been told by social, me social media, someone who's coming at you, whatever. 
If a breakup makes you feel worthless or useless, you know what God said about you. You're not worthless. He sent his son to die for you. Proud of you. He loves you. And third, receive his love. Carry his presence all day long. There's something about recognizing that he is who he says he is. So once you start to actually believe the word and things come alive for you, you can take that with you all day long. You're carrying his presence with you all day long. So when a thought comes in that's not from him, you can recognize it immediately. Most of us read our devotionals in our early Christian days. We read our devotionals. That's it. We pray at night and, and that's it. But take him with you throughout the day so that all day long you can be corrected. It's an experience, okay? It's an adventure having a relationship with God. He's constantly showing you what to do because he constantly has new things for you to see. He constantly has good things for you. He constantly has mercy to shower on you and grace and love and hope because it's always going to be better his way. So I hope you take this with you, sis. I hope you realize that God's love is steady, constant, good, and powerful. And because he loves you, he has good things for you. Do these things so that the joy of the Lord can be your strength, so that you can have a peace no matter what's going on around you because you are focused on the things above and not on these earthly things. We're forsaking our way. We're actually believing that we are hidden in him. We are trying to find who we really are. And so this week, ask him to show you, God, who am I? Lord, show me who I really am. Who do you want me to be around? What do you want me to be doing with my life? What people am I to touch? And watch him show you in a dream, in a word, in a sermon. Just experience God. Expect him to move. Like I said in the couple podcasts ago, expect him to show you today, every day, little things about yourself. Enjoy your week, sis. This is all just preparation for what he really has for you. So let's get it.